Welcome to High on Healthy, energized by A6 Wellness. Each week, you will learn of the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Now, here's your personal advocate for living a healthy and active lifestyle, Audrey Kerger. Welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. In April, just last month, when earning reports usually start rolling in, we learned that recreational cannabis sales are helping state economies. Now, believe it or not, Illinois made more money from cannabis taxes than it did from liquor sales revenue. I mean, that's really surprising because I know a lot of people <laughs> love, love, love their liquor. Now, in 2020, Illinois sold more than a billion dollars in medical and recreational marijuana. The state government then collected over $100 million in revenue from cannabis sales since the legal re uh, recreational program was launched in early uh, 2020. So for the most part, state governments are using marijuana tax dollars and I would say a very positive way. For example, in Colorado, they, the, the state puts 13% of all weed-related tax revenue into funding public schools. Mm. In Oregon, marijuana tax dollars help fund mental health and drug abuse services, as well as, believe it or not, also law enforcement mm. lawyers. I shouldn't say lawyers, law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to um, we're going to go uh, and talk to somebody who I find very, very interesting, and I think all of you will be too. His name is Dennis O'Neill. He's president of a company called Biomedican, which is a biotech company, and it was developed in in a way that I've never heard before. Unique patented method of producing pharmaceutical grade cannabinoids. So Mr. Mm -hmm. O'Neill will share his expert advice, I hope, mm -hmm. on investing hemp as well as psychedelic stocks. Now I'll give you a little more background on Mr. O'Neill. In his role as an investment banker for over 30 years, O'Neill helped start two of the largest regional investment banks in Chicago. He's in, been involved in more than 70 public companies. And get this, folks, he raised over $2 billion in capital for early stage companies. Dennis O'Neill, welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. All right. Thank you so much, Paxton. And uh, what an int introduction. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, hey, you deserve that introduction, obviously. Yeah. Now, you know, a number of our listeners have asked us to provide more information about investing in, in hemp stocks as well as mm -hmm. psychedelic stocks. Last week, uh, we did a whole show on what's happening in the, in the hemp industry, but we, we didn't discuss um, anything about stocks or anything like that. And so I thought that this would be uh, good for us to you could give us a, an overview of the hemp industry's growth and then some advice um, on where people could safely invest money if there's such a thing as is that. Mm. So uh, give us a rundown on stocks you think that people should invest in if they're going to go in the direction of, of buying in the hemp industry. 
Well, that's kind of a tricky question right now because uh, the, the the cannabis stocks have been off to the races. Uh, there's been some huge uh, meltdowns within that space as well. We're going through a lot of consolidation within that space. So, um, you know, it's, it depends on what you're actually looking for when you're looking for, uh, you know, kind of a, a cannabis investment or, you know, into the space. Um, you know, you have the, the big players like Aurora and Cura Leaf and people like that that are, you know, uh, very, very large corporations that I don't know if they're going to be able to continue to drive forward on, um, on, on, on producing, you know, significantly increased results and profitability. Profitability has been an issue for some of these larger companies. Uh, we're also seeing some consolidation. We're seeing a lot of companies get acquired and be merged into other companies, which are, which are you know, uh, big opportunities in the market. Uh, typically, I don't give like individual stock uh, investment uh, tips only because that uh, it's really a ba based upon your, your level of, uh, of experience and, uh, and your really your level of uh, uh, risk. You know, some of these earlier stage companies that offer a lot of upside, but they offer a lot more risk as well. But I, I think overall what you're going to find is that um, the, the cannabis stocks and the cannabis companies as we know them today are going to be, there are, it, it, there's, there's an evolution taking place in the market. And the evolution is basically going from cultivation where people grow it to smoke it and then turn it into CBD to where that we're really getting, uh, we're getting a next generation of where that we are focused on uh, medicinal marijuana, where basically it's going to be targeted towards treating very, very, very particular um, 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 uh, medical conditions. So basically, I think that we have the cultivation where you have the cure leaves, you have the auroras, you have uh, you know some of the larger uh, companies out there that are you know uh, maintaining a significant amounts of market share within the cultivation space, and then uh, the cultivations. You know, when you're talking about the cultivation, you're talking about farming. When you're talking about farming, you're talking about farming risks, which are you know. Um, it could be weather, it could be soil, it could be the seeds you get and things of that sort. What I think is the, uh, the future of cannabis and cannabis, uh, you know, um, uh, medicinal therapeutics is going to be uh, these rare cannabinoids, which are the next generation CBG, CBGA, um, uh, THCV, THCVA, CBN, CBNA, and these offer very, very, very specific uh, health benefits that are significantly better than, uh, than CBD. So um, if you want to buy, buy some of the bigger companies, I would say Aurora, or you, you buy uh, Curaleaf or, or, or one of the bigger players in the space. Um, if you, if you wanted to uh, invest in the next generation companies, you would invest in you know, companies like Biomedicain, although that we're private right now, or other biosynthesis companies that are uh, targeting uh, biosynthesizing uh, cannabinoids using uh, you know, biotech.
Okay, well, I hope some of our listeners uh, got their pens out and were taking notes on that, <laughs> um, because maybe you've given them some some good ideas. Now, what about uh, psychedelics? That's become a big time thing right now. People are talking about it. Uh, obviously, there there have been some states that, uh, uh, well, one state in in particularly uh, the state of Oregon legalized psilocybin therapy and and actually de- de- decriminalized all drugs. And then Washington D.C. also uh, decriminalized uh, psychedelics. And I know that there are other cities and states that are are looking to do the same. Um, why is this all of a sudden happening now? Uh, and, and also another question: Do you think that President Biden? will be interested in some form of legalization of psychedelics? Uh, I would say, I mean, you have to understand the, the decriminalization is just basically de- decriminalizing the, the recreational use of drugs. And they're just, uh, for, for some jurisdictions, it's just uh, putting people in jail uh, for, you know, for uh, recreationally using drugs and jamming up the court systems and the prisons. Uh, it's very, very costly for the jurisdiction. So I think that they've decided that 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 is probably not a, a good way to, to, to spend taxpayer uh, dollars. But, uh, you know, basically uh, where the really big boom is for, for psychedelics is on the pharmaceutical side. I mean, there is uh, there's a bunch of companies in the space. They're all going down the path of uh, of. Uh, with psilocybin and um, mescaline and uh, DMT, DMT meadow, um, they're they're going down the path of doing clinical trials for uh, psychedelics, and a lot of them are developing these psychedelics in different ways. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the things I, I do not see uh, psychedelics being de- decriminalized or legalized on a national level. I just uh, I mean, we haven't seen it for cannabis as of yet. I think cannabis will come much, much uh, earlier than uh, than psychedelics will ever. But what we are seeing as part of the, you know, the uh, the pandemic that we've had with uh, with COVID is now we have an epidemic of mental health problems, and it's overwhelming the system. Uh, we're realizing that uh, uh, the current uh, uh, Pharmaceuticals that are out in the market today aren't aren't really uh, doing the trick as far as stabilizing people or making people to the point to where they feel comfortable and happy. And it, it uh, there there seems to be uh, a significant amount of uh, of evidence that uh, psychedelics will, uh, well, there's billions of dollars being bet on psychedelics will be a way through. Um, uh, you know, to to be able to treat some of these uh, mental health uh, issues. Uh, I think that, you know, one of the issues that you you run into anytime that you're you're talking about cannabis or you're talking about uh, um, or psychedelics or anytime that you're growing a plant, uh, you know, to take through clinical trials, the problem that you have in all those scenarios is that every plant is different, every grow season is different. So you really can't have that kind of variable and take it through clinical trials. That makes it very, very difficult to get con- then get uh, to get consistent results. But what we do, what we have is we have four patents that are pending currently 
uh, uh, which are the most important patents in the world for cannabis and, and soon will be, uh, we'll be filing some in the psychedelic space that will be as important. And basically what we're able to do is that we're able to use biosynthesis, which is basically water, yeast, some DNA, and uh, a bioreactor or fermentation process to be able to produce rare uh, cannabinoids or psychedelics. And we're able to do this at, uh, uh, we produce 99% plus pharmaceutical grade uh, pharma, uh, uh, compounds. Uh, we, we produce, uh, it's organic, non-GMO, uh, it is bioidentical, which means that it's exactly identical to what occurs in nature. But one of the advantages it doesn't have, it doesn't have the toxins or contaminants that you would have uh, or pesticides uh, that you would have, you know, by, by uh, growing something. And uh, the real big payoff here is uh, twofold. One is that it's sustainable which means that it uses 90% less uh, energy and natural resources than a, than a cultivation process, which ultimately produces a product that's about 70 to 90% less expensive than the, whole, the large volume wholesale prices. So ultimately you're producing a, a better pharmaceutical grade pr product that's organic, that uh, is safer, that has zero toxins in it, uh, you're doing it sustainably, and you're doing it at uh, 70 to 90% less than, uh, than the current prices. That's, I mean, that's amazing to hear yeah. uh, what, what you have going. It's amazing. Now, the one thing I never heard of, like uh, CBG and CBGA and THCA and CBN and THCV, can you just give us a, a little background about what all of these, uh, shall we say, uh, things do? Yeah, uh, have you yeah. pinpointed, uh, yeah, like pin, pinpoint that maybe let's say somebody has, uh, 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 you know, chronic neck pain all the time. Sure. Uh, but, well, I just so you understand, CBG has been around for uh, 20 something years. There's, I think, over 20 clinical trials on it so far. Uh, what, it's, what it's known to do uh, as of now, it, it, it helps fight inflammation and pain, uh, nausea. It slows the proliferation of cancer cells. Uh, it's uh, known to reduce the eye pressure uh, uh, that causes glaucoma. Uh, it's uh, anti-inflammatory, so it helps with uh, uh, bowel disease and, uh, and Crohn's disease. So, uh, CBG is uh, going to be the next uh, uh, is going to be the next uh, you know big cannabinoid that outs you know that's outside of uh, CBDs that uh, significantly you know produces significantly better and more um, uh, targeted uh, 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 pain relief. But mo most importantly, it is uh, uh, it is also um, non -psycho, uh, psychoactive so it's uh, so it doesn't it doesn't get you high it just gives you the uh, the, the specific uh, uh, pain uh, pain relief and what about uh, THCV for example yeah, yeah. Uh, THCV is uh, known as a neural uh, protectant it helps uh, 
against Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease. It's known to, uh, re it's an appetite uh, reduction and it uh, regulates your sugar. So it's good for obesity. Uh, uh, it also helps uh, combat anxiety and, and uh, panic attacks. So it's good for PSTD. So this is uh, this is an, this is another major uh, rare cannabinoid that uh, we believe that everybody is looking to be thinner. So that's an easier one. Everybody's looking to be a little bit more relaxed and get not have panic attacks and things of that sort. So these are really, really good things. And it's a neuroprotectant, which is really good for, uh, uh, you know, uh, preventing um, Alzheimer's and uh, Parkinson's and things of that sort. So, uh, I, you know, kind of like when CBD, nobody, nobody heard of it really five years ago. And now, you know, every gas station you're in has some uh, CBD for sale. Uh, you're going to see that as well over the next coming years uh, for uh, CBG, THCV, CBN, and then, you know, some of the other ones that we'll be uh, producing. And when will you start, uh, shall we say, producing and selling uh, these different... Uh, yeah, 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 we'll be, we'll be in large-scale production Q1 of next year. So we'll be, uh, basically, we are, are a, a wholesaler to the market. So we sell to uh, the companies that have large retail distribution, like we'll be selling to people that have large CBD uh, retail distribution, and then they'll take these compounds and either add them into CBD, or they'll or they'll develop their own products around them. Uh, also, uh, one critical point here is that because that the the, the cannabinoids that we produce, uh, we do not we use a yeast. We don't touch a plant the plant a plant to, the cannabis plant to do it, and we do not produce THC. Uh, we're outside the federal and state regulations as they're written today. So what that allows us to do is that allows us to be able to sell this not only into uh, CBD distributors, but also into consumer uh, packaging goods companies like cereals and granolas, protein bars and things of that sort. Uh, we can, we're going into the nutraceutical market. This will be added into vitamins. Uh, this will be added into cosmetics, uh, pet care, and things of that sort. So this, uh, uh, what we do offers a, a, a much broader uh, distribution than anybody that's touching the cannabis plant. Now, are you the first company to make all these things, to produce all of these? I no, mean, not at all. There's, no, not at all. Very, no, it's very competitive in this market. There's that. Uh, probably been a dozen companies that have gone out of business trying to do what we're doing. And there's probably, I don't know, eight to 10 companies that are, are, are just okay in this space. Uh, our claim to fame here is that uh, we have the most invest uh, uh, intellectual property in the market for a couple of reasons. One is that the results that we produce are about eight to 10 times better than any of the other technologies that we know in the space. That means our yields from uh, our process are about eight to 10 times higher than theirs. Uh, the second part is, is that our intellectual property, our patents are, that are pending, allow us to produce these cannabinoids, uh, A through Z, soup to nuts, without using anybody else's uh, uh, intellectual property. Everybody else has to license somebody else's intellectual property to be able to produce 
rare cannabinoids using, you know, a, a you know a biosynthesis or like kind process. So, uh, us us having the highest yields, the lowest cost, and the fact that we don't have to license anybody else's uh, intellectual property to produce these, that puts us what we believe, believe is the in the leading position of this market. And as this market takes off next year and we start seeing these numbers grow significantly, people will realize that we have the highest quality, safest and lowest cost product in the market. And that, that, that was what we believe will, will bring, um, you know, uh, we'll end up owning a, a significant portion of this market. And it's expected to be over $10 billion biosynthesized cannabinoids and by 2025. So if we get a good chunk of that market, uh, we should be, uh, we should be a quite, you know, you know, we should be a pretty big size company. I should say so. Now I know you've, you've uh, started many companies. When did you actually start uh, Medican? And uh, bio, who, bio, who, uh, yeah. oh, and who yeah. put you on to, to all of this cannabis stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually I've been, uh, I've been following the cannabis market for a long time. I did some of the REITs uh, in the early days when it, when everybody was really hesitant about. I mean, you could you could be in the cannabis business, but you you know all you would do is have stacks of cash trying to figure out how to get it into the bank. <laughs> so uh, we would set up uh, these REITs, and then I I really didn't like the idea of uh, you know the, the cultivation business because of all the the, the farming risks. So. Biomedicaine was started in 2017 by uh, Dr. Ma Maxim McKeeve, and uh, he's the CEO of uh, Biomedicaine. And he is, uh, he's a doctor and a PhD, and he's got this vast background. And he figured out a way to be able to biosynthesize rare cannabinoids, as well as other high value compounds. And uh, he started to, he, he, he raised the seed round uh, started to go down this path, uh, you know, filed some patents on on the on the market, you know, on the on the on the technology, and then uh, we ended up to I ended up coming on in December of 2019, and uh, we've been off to the races ever since. <laughs> so an amazing, wonderful story. Now, did he did he find you or did you find him? How did that uh, actually that it was connection a come? it was a combination thereof. He's seen that I had been I've, I've spoken at over 75 conferences globally. Uh, he had seen that I <coughs> I was speaking on uh, venture capital and private equity, I think, in Malta or one of the conferences in Europe. Uh, he looked me up on LinkedIn. Uh, we had you know, a couple of months of getting to know each other. And then I decided to uh, move forward and, uh, and become a part of, uh, of the, uh, of the biomedicane team and biomedicane. I mean, we have, we have four PhDs that are on our staff. Uh, they are the top PhDs in this space, specifically working with this particular yeast. And we also have four significant research partnerships with major universities around the world. Uh, uh, we have a research partnership with the Institute of Genetics in Moscow, uh, Clemson University, uh, Imperial College of London, and Denmark Technical University. So we've had access to dozens of PhDs from around the world that have helped us develop the early stages of our technology. And that's the reason why we've, uh, 
we have, you know, we have raised the least amount of money, produced the most amount of results in the shortest period of time than anybody in the space. And, uh, and uh, we are raising $10 million now. And uh, we think after our next round, it will be clearly ahead of everybody else in the space, even the companies that have spent, or as we say, wasted 50 or $100 million on their technology. <laughs> uh. Well, so so this, do you think this is uh, your last hurrah in terms of business now? You, you've made it to the, the top of the mountain, to so the, to, to speak? To the pinnacle of the pinnacle? No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. No, not at uh, all. We're, uh, we're at the beginning of the beginning. We're, this is the fun stages. We're just developing the technology. I mean, we just developed the technology. We're putting in all these global uh, partnerships in place for distribution. Uh, it's getting, I mean, it's getting super excited. Uh, one of the technologies that we developed in Biomedicaid, we have spun off into its own company called BioKai. Uh, and that's, a, that's, a, that's another company for uh, uh, you know, a, a high value compounds. So we see this platform as a platform that we're going to be able to develop not only cannabinoids, psychedelics, but other high value compounds. And we'll continue to spin off new companies, uh, you know, from our, from our, uh, from our biosynthesis platform. Well, you've got a big job ahead of yourself, yeah. but, but not <laughs> only that, you I think you're, you're doing, but you're doing good things at the same time. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. Doing, uh, yeah, doing good by doing well. And, uh, you know, the whole idea is to, uh, you know, uh, sustainability is a big issue for the whole world and for us to be able to reduce, uh, energy costs and natural resources uh, by 90% or more uh, is really, really a, a real benefit for the planet. To be able to uh, deliver these high value compounds like cannabinoids or psychedelics, you know, at pharmaceutical grade at significantly less prices, opens up the world of affordability to, to millions of billions of people. So we think that there's a lot of good things that are coming out of this. And you know, ultimately what we really want, want is that we want to, to, you know, allow as many people to access treatment that need it for these, uh, for these very specific health uh, issues that uh, people suffer from and, and doing it in a more natural, holistic way. And, and I think that, I mean, that's the goal. And I think that we're, I think we're doing pretty well. Well, it certainly sounds like that. Now, are there people out there that uh, don't like what you're doing? Uh, do they see you're, you know, that you're an interloper or whatever you would like to call yeah, well, it? Well, well, this is that this is the issue here is that uh, the people that grow uh, cannabis or uh, to smoke will be fine. The people that grow hemp for you know the multitude of uses for that will be fine. I think the people that grow cannabis for CBD will be fine, even though that we can biosynthesize CBD. Uh, there's really not uh, there, it, there's not enough profit in it to make it worthwhile for anybody to do that. So I think that those markets are, are won't be touched. the The idea here is that these rare cannabinoids they show up in such minute amounts in the plant that you'd have to thousands of acres of cannabis just to get enough of CBG or THCV or CBN to make it economical. And it would just, I mean, the, the prices would just be through the roof. 
because they're, they show up in such small amounts in the plant. So what we're able to do is we're able to produce these rare cannabinoids since we're a wholesaler, we, you know, the people that are in those markets, instead of uh, trying to grow, uh, you know, and, and, and harvest a minute amount of these rare cannabinoids, they can just buy this from us and they can, and they can develop their own retail product. Yeah, so that we're not really, we're not competing with the growers or the CBD companies. We want to be partners with them. We want to, we want to see, we want to see the future of these rare cannabinoids uh, be uh, be uh, be in partnership with the large CBD players and other people that are interested in this space. Well, you are wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it's so it's such a pleasure to talk with you and to learn so much more about what what is going on in a in a whole new area uh, that obviously is going to explode. And we'd love to have you on again and again and again as as uh, okay. things blossom out there. Can you tell our listeners where they could learn more about Medicaid? Uh, yeah, what's yeah. your website? Yeah, it's uh, it's biomedicaine.com. That's uh, B-I-O-M-E-D-I-C-A-N. And it's uh, www.biomedicaine.com. We have a, a tremendous amount of information on the website. You can contact us there and uh, uh, I'll come, uh, I can personally uh, respond to uh, any inquiries that uh, that people may have as far as distribution partnerships or investment or just people just wanting to know more but uh, yeah we uh, we we would love to we, we'd love to hear from all your listeners so uh, tell them feel free to re reach out to us okay uh, give your website one more time okay it's biomedicane.com b i o m e d i c a n well, thank you so much for being on High Society okay. with Paxton Quigley. And we, we we hope to have you back on in the next oh, couple sure. of months. Anytime. With, Anytime. With more discoveries. More discoveries. Yeah, okay? for sure. We have a lot, we have a lot coming coming too. So we have some big partnerships we're about to announce and things of that sort. So oh, uh, well, yeah. can, can you secretly announce it to us first so we can ah, get yeah, for sure. Hey, well, well I mean, before that? that, before we, well, well, I'll go on here and make sure that uh, before the press release comes out, uh, I'll, uh, I'll break the news on your network. How's that? Oh, great. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll see you in Fremont. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All Take right. Care. Have a, have, thank, thank you so you. much. Well, friends, uh, this interview with Dennis O'Neill president of Biomedicaine. Uh, to my mind, this was a great show and you can hear it again and again and tell friends about it uh, on Apple, Audible, Spotify, Spreaker, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, including CannabisRadio.com. And I'd also like to thank our listeners who purchased my latest suspense novel. It's called Just Try Me. And it's available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. And um, until then, folks, got to stay safe. Still wear a mask. Get vaccinated when your turn comes up. Because only all of us together can beat this virus. I'm Paxton Quigley.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.